Hello, and welcome to the Ox Unplugged, where this shit is definitely above our pay grade. I'm Crispy Crown. I am Mr. J. Witt. I am Halion. I'm closing, Straw. And we're wondering when we're getting paid. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so we're talking about workplace shit today. Yeah. It's going to be more of a chill, hopefully, episode. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's a chill episode. So I saw this guy get caught in a combine harvester once. That's why so many people uh, back in the day didn't have all their limbs. Yeah. Like, factory accidents don't fuck around. Mm. Or I, I, I would just stop at farm accidents. Like, my, my mom, well, she's about to retire, but she she's worked at a hospital in their uh, medical intake as a secretary. And the amount of people on farms that come in for horrible accidents is too high to be comfortable with. Well, you know, there was that kid. Oh, God, it's probably... Oh, just the years. one. Well, just, I remember there was a story about this kid about 10 years ago who came home from school. Um, he was like, like 13, 14, oh, was 15. Oh, is that the guy who got spun real good? No, something like that. But he'd he come home from school and he's his, nobody's home. It's just him. And so his job was, he'd, dad had left him a job. He needs to get the grain from this uh, hopper or this trailer up the grain chute auger into the silo so the kid turns it on and something gets jammed up in the auger and he's trying to remove it meanwhile so long story short he gets both his arms caught in the auger and ripped off his yeah. arms get ripped off like yep. above the elbow so he Close wanders into quick time of that. he wanders into the house gets a pencil <laughs> calls knocks the phone off calls yep. 911 with his mouth about explains to them what's happening and then goes and sits in the bathtub so he doesn't bleed all over his mom's floor. Oh, you forgot the best part. He had to open the sliding door with his bone nubs. Yeah. Are you fucking with me? Are you guys no, talking no, with me? Did this no, actually happen? No, no. Here's the what best the part. Fuck? Here's the best part. By the time the, e the EMTs got there around the same time his parents got there, they got his arms, dug him out of the auger, got him to the hospital and reattached him and he's fine. It's not a hundred percent Well, no, but but I mean, forget forgetting your arms ripped off, he survived and he still has arms. Yes, really, yeah. I don't have myself. <laughs> but you, but you're right. Oh my yes, God. now but uh, yeah, ever since the industrial revolution, uh, and the but but ever since rather rather since the invention of OSHA, there's there's not nearly as many uh, people whose nicknames are Stubby or Lefty. Yeah. Oh, that is bullshit. There's still plenty of people out there that are, names are Stubby and Bolt and Lefty because they're fucking... You think Ocean stops people from being dumb? I have some news for you. No, it doesn't, but yeah. it does stop uh, the the businesses from forcing it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Ocean doesn't give a shit about farms, so the amount of weird shit you no. see on farms... Is, will make you scream in horror. I, yeah. you know, you say that, and I just keep thinking of the movie, the Walt Card, the Dewey Cox story, and it's like <laughs> them on a farm, like tractor jousting and like fighting with machetes and shit, and then the one brother gets cut in half, and it's like that's how you become a blue star, is farm accidents. I think that's how Johnny yep. Cash like started to get into the blues, wasn't it? Or am I just but, confusing that with the movie? Look, ha Walmart. Having grown up where I grew up, tractor, like, jousting. I don't know about tractor jousting, but, but playing chicken with tractors was definitely a thing. Oh, it was more that in the movie. They, they didn't have, like, lances and shit. <laughs> Mr. John Deere is just out there writing notes. Being like, oh, is that, why, is that why he revokes the right to repair? Because, like, we see too many rednecks fuck each other up on these tractors. One surprise, like, we can't be held responsible. <laughs> yes. There, yes. The, and growing up, there was always, every year, there was going to be at least a combine accident. Ooh. Yeah. It might not be fatal, but there would be one. Amount of times I almost fell in, amount of times a bull almost killed me, amount of times. <laughs> Sounds like a regular Wyoming Wednesday. No, it's a regular rancher. Rancher round. Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm so, never... you know, like, nothing against 
excuse draw, but I am so glad that I never grew up on a fucking ranch because I would probably be dead by now. The amount yeah. of times I almost died doing shit when I was a kid, it's just like that would be so much worse on a ranch. Yeah. It'd just be easier, more like. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. It's like there's, there's there's less people to catch me before I do something dumb. Like, well, watch yeah. me swan dive into this fucking wood chipper. Yeah, you've got all this like industrial type of farming equipment. You you don't have a hell of a lot of supervision. And then let's mm-hmm. throw in livestock, because you know, there's they're a little unpredictable too. Yeah. No, they're I, completely predictable. I was talking to a friend who uh, d- uh, did grow up on a farm, and he was like, we had so many cows, and I would, they were just dicks constantly. And he's like, I, could, I would just sit around being like, I can't wait to eat you. <laughs> just right <laughs> on their face. Cows are dicks, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know the amount of times my brother screamed at them because they were just stubborn bastards. <laughs> even though, like, the amount of times, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant, but the amount of times in which I was, I, I just had this primal urge of, like, if I had a spear, I would run you fucking down, you <laughs> bastards. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Like the guy Napoleon Dynamite as the school bus drives by, he like he's like loading a shotgun and he shoots the cow in the head or some shit. Like, fuck this cow. You're surfing turf now, bitch. All the cows that I grew up around were perfectly wonderful as long ex- except for if you like there was this one time I was, you know, I grew up directly adjacent to my grandparents' farm. And there was uh, a lot of woods on the edge of their pastures that butted up to the pasture or the woods on our property. And so I just had the run of like 80 plus acres. So I'd be out running through the woods. And this one time I came up on a, a cow that had just literally just given birth to a calf. Yeah. And at this point, when I came up on it, the cow looked at me and then I, and I'm looking at the calf and the cow looks at me and the cow comes running directly at me. Cause I guess it's, it's mm. trying to protect this calf. So I, I like had to run for it. Cause this cow was nuts. Oh, no. It was literally rushing at me. But other than that, they were all perfectly fine. They were usually just like, you know, either oblivious or super curious. Like they just like want to run up and like, like like sniff you and like rub against you, just like you know, um, almost like a dog. That's my experience with with cattle, anyway. You know, um, you you just reminded me with that. I I used to work for a uh, a road crew for a local highway department uh, where I live. Oh, I've got some stories for this shit. Any aerial uh, burials? Uh, I can tell you about the one story about the the one day we had to go get rid of a uh, dead deer in like a church lawn. Um, we were like driving. Uh, okay, so short short of it is like over the summers when I was in like high school and college, I worked for like a local road crew, and it was usually like me and a bunch of other like kids who usually were doing these jobs throughout the summer, and, and it was mostly like menial shit. Like we would help pave roads, which man, that is so much fun when it's like a hundred degrees out in the summer. Uh, but usually it was more of just us doing things like property maintenance, like lawn care and things. But uh, one of the things we used to have to do was pick up roadkill or like trash on the side of the road. And we're, we're driving the one day and there's just like this dead deer that's just laying in the middle of this church as we drive by. And I, I basically was like, Hey, do you guys want us to pick this up? It was like, all right. So we go to get this deer and it had just been hit too. So it was just, it wasn't yeah, it was not. It wasn't rigor mortis at all. Like I, I, I got blood on my knee from it because it was like that fresh of a roadkill. But yeah, it was. That was a fun morning. Like there was a couple times where we'd have to go get rid of some roadkill, and it was. Uh, it was an experience every single time of it. Um, suffice right. to, although while I say that that job was honestly one of the better ones that I've had, I've had some worse jobs. Uh, Man, that's that's saying a lot. Shoveling roadkill is one of your better jobs. To be fair, you could probably just take it home and eat it. I mean, I've eat, I've eaten roadkill before. What? No, you shouldn't eat roadkill. What the fuck? Okay, it was fresh. It was fresh. Hey, uh, hey, that's good eating. If, uh, if there's nothing wrong with it. Varmint stew, Jay. Varmint yeah. stew. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. if you listen, my uncle 
I know it's shocking this may sound, he was a farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Was out in the fields one day and he come across a, a little a little fawn, you know, a little baby deer. And he looked around everywhere, couldn't find the mother. So he just assumed she was shot, dead, run off, whatever. So he took it home and he had an old dog pen. So they just put it in the dog pen. And my cousins, they were a couple of boys. They were like elementary school age. They just adopted this baby deer. And so they were bottle feeding it. And though for like, so for like, like nine months, they just raised this deer. It became a pet. Like it would run around in the yard. They didn't wow. even keep it locked up anymore. They would just, it would just run around in the yard and it would go back and stay in its pen at night. So one day while they're at work, it's out in the front Frolicking. yard. Yeah. Doing its thing. And it got out in the road and somebody hit it. Mm. And so they get out. So obviously this person calls the local sheriff's department because they, they want to report for their, you know, for their insurance. Well, the sheriff's deputy that showed up to take the report saw a perfectly good deer. So he wasn't going to let that meat go to waste. So, so he just started field stripping it right there in the front yard. Oh God! (laughs) Meanwhile, my cousins come home from school and get off the school bus to see their pet being butchered (laughs) on their front lawn. Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, it happens. Well, the two of them turned out fine. You keep wildlife as a pet, but holy shit, to come home from school, it's like, oh, I wonder how our pet deer's doing today. You just see the local sheriff just like gutting it, like, evening, boys, how you doing? <laughs> holy hey, shit. Hey, man, it's the country. Shit like that happens. I mean, I, I'm not even about to knock it. I, I hit a deer with my car a while ago, like, uh, on the way to work, and I honestly was like, I want to take this to a butcher right now because I could go for some venison. Mm. But it, it's just like the circumstances of it all, like them just coming home from school, and it's just like, hey, you know that pet deer that you had? Well, it's it's steaks now. Had. So, yeah, had. Yeah. Had. yeah, we're we're gonna make chili out of him. <laughs> oh shit! Well, most of him. No. So anyway, so roadkill aside, what <laughs> yeah. other? Uh, kind of uh bad working experiences have we had i mostly uh, worked as a dishwasher for until i started going into factories dishwashing's actually pretty nice uh because i'm more interested i was more interested in the cooking side of things and every single chef loves their dishwasher because if the dishwasher isn't there then they would have to do it so yeah. they just fucking loved me and it was great and i could just uh, get extras when the day was done. Mm. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, uh, is there was a constant battling with some of the, the servers about putting broken glass uh, where it shouldn't go. Because uh, yeah. I've gotten cu- gotten a good couple cuts from broken glass. Oof. It's bad. It doesn't yeah. hurt for the first like three hours, and then you're done. Yeah, broken yeah. glass does not sound like a fun time. Yeah, I can imagine Fair. trying to to run your hands through dirty, soapy, hot water with an yeah. open wound. Uh, yeah. Um, I would just tell my manager, I'm like, I am. Once this hurts, I'm out. I don't care. I'm leaving. <laughs> Most of the time, they go, "Yep, I absolutely." I respect you. that. Why would you put broken glass in to be washed? Uh, no. So uh, I would also take out the trash. Um, and then people would hide broken glass. So then, oh no, the the bag is stuck a little bit in the trash bin. Let me just reach down in it, and oops, I'm done. I I felt my skin slip on itself. Nope. Oh, that's that's what no. it feels like. Your skin just doesn't like link together correctly. Anymore. I don't want to be degloved. It doesn't hurt for a bit. It's and then you hurt for three days. There was a guy yeah. that used. To work with my dad, who did um, gutters on the side as a side business, and one day he uh, he was doing a job, and his boot slipped on the ladder, 
and Uh-oh. he started to slide oh, no. down the ladder. So he re- so instinctively he reached up, I don't know why, and grabbed the gutter to try to, I guess, to steady himself or maybe at least catch it yeah. long enough to get his feet set. Well, but he didn't really grab it, but what did catch was his wedding ring. Oh, no. And oh, kept, no. And so he kept falling, and yeah, it degloved that finger <laughs> from the oh. way up. <laughs> which, which was a bad thing because his steady job, with, which is what my dad did, was as a machinist. Oh, no. So it makes it hard to run a machine with fewer with fingers. Hand. Yeah, with much fewer fingers. Uh, yeah, fortunately, they were able to reattach most of it. You know, I'll say this this episode has gotten a lot more horrific than I was thinking it was going to. <laughs> we should just title this this episode like even... like OSHA's worst nightmare. <laughs> I, y- yes, please. I, I haven't even gotten into my fear of wood chippers because also from from said road crew job, we used to have a, a wood chipper that we would use for, you know, brush and clearing trees and thing and you know this was wasn't some little dainty little wood chipper that you just have in your backyard or something this was a wood chipper that could take torso like torso sized logs if not bigger allegedly no this is not allegedly this this <laughs> fucker was huge i the, the size logs that were going into it i'm like oh my god and you know i had been afraid of wood chippers ever since i saw of all things do you guys remember spike tv yeah do you Let remember A Thousand Ways to Die? It was A Thousand yes. Ways to Die, yes. It was that episode where the guy goes feet first in a wood chipper, and that gave me a very healthy appreciation for how dangerous those fucking things are. So mm. every time we would use this thing, I would stand as far back as possible. There was one time where it caught my shirt, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is it! <laughs> I, like, wood chippers terrify the fuck out of me, and, you know, that's probably for a good thing. Yeah. Considering how they are. Um, because I've worked in plastic mold injection for a long time in, in my factory time. And uh, it's have you these things are like uh, 10 ton molds are considered the light end of it in the small end. Ooh. It goes up to 50, like in 100 fairly easily. Uh, yeah. And they just move them on giant fucking cranes that are installed into the ceiling. And I'm guessing these molds are like. Not only are they heavy, but they're also hot. Um, typically, when you pull a mold, you're not going to be pulling it hot. Uh, okay. You do wait for it to cool down. I didn't know if this was like steel or something. It is steel. Yeah, it's well, a giant hunk of like, steel. Of like, like, no, I'm, I'm talking like steel in terms of like making steel. Like, oh, you ever no. see those videos where you have like a like <laughs> there's a spill or something at a steel factory and it just turns into Dante's Inferno, like that mm. kind of shit. Yeah. No, plastics is thankfully less spark-intensive. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, uh, those things uh, did take off the toe of one of um, one of the maintenance mm. guys. He was just doing some repairs and just, it slipped. Uh, oh, I was also, I was not there that day, thankfully. But, I, yeah, I remember, you just reminded me of a story I heard from uh, one of the guys I used to work with on the, our, our local road crew who used to work for the our state's DOT. Um, and he told me a story about at the asphalt plant when somebody was filling oh, no. up a trailer, mm. a truck or something, and there was a guy standing underneath the... Because uh, how they fill them is you basically have a, a thing that you dump into the, into the bed of a truck where it just is like a chute or funnel that just pours hot asphalt in. And there was a guy underneath that. And uh, it... it it, it did not end well. It did not end well when that accidentally uh, dropped on him. Yeah. Like, oh, God, mm. I'm so glad I don't work in like some serious industrial work like that because I just I just feel like it would be my kind of luck where I would just get caught in some kind of machine and just be like, oh, that's fucking it. Ah, uh, if you give them the healthy respect that they deserve, and when you see a crane moving, uh, like. 10 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot block of steel and you just stay the fuck away it's fine yeah the most you get is like a little bit of burns from like hot plastic yeah i'll take that over like turning into the face melting scene from uh raiders of the lost ark yeah 
We're going to have to put a uh, not safe for work uh, label on this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, if you're taking away advice from this episode, I like, <laughs> you need to rethink your life choices. I'm just going to say it. If hey. you take if you take any advice from any of our episodes, you need to rethink your life choices. Excuse me. Yes. Being a healthy dose, dose of skepticism and safety for wood chippers. I think that's fair life advice. Okay. Mm. That that's true. Yeah. Yes. But, okay. we're not okay. saying but like, you... oh, it's a properly operated arc welder. Make sure that you have your finger jammed directly into the socket on the back of it so you get the full current of the fucking you are, welder. You, have you you know that some people when they're welding, they just do the safety squint? You it's fine. Just a little bit of sunburn uh, on your eyeballs. Uh, I have a story no, about that. You. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, maybe we will have to make this not safe for work because it's going to yeah. make people wretch at work. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I've mentioned it or not, but I, uh, I, I am a licensed optician. I, I sell eyeglasses, contacts. That's what I do. That's my, that's my occupation. Um, can I say something before you continue with your story? Because sure. I'm just immediately thinking of that scene from Dead Space Two where you have to put the needle in your eye. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Your eye is anyway. remarkable. Your eye is remarkably durable. Just well, most of it, sort up of, kind of. <laughs> yeah, up to a point. Don't worry I, about it. Um, I have a laser that can blind someone permanently. Oh, good. Uh, it's it's legal to have as long as I don't point it at an airplane. So, I thought you were about to say it's illegal to have. Like, um, no, that's yeah. legal. That's a fair rule. I'm following yeah. all regulations required for it. Yeah. So anyway, continue, Hellion. Sorry. I so one day the eye doctor that I'm working with gets a phone call. Um, he is both working at our office. He also has a private practice uh, that he is establishing. And he gets a call from one of his patient's wives. And she's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so uh, had an incident. And he, and, uh, he would wanted to know if you were going to be in the office today which the doctor was surprised because he was aware that this person was going to have LASIK surgery um, in the near future. He was like, well, why would you need me to see him? I thought he was having, oh yeah, yeah. He had his LASIK yesterday. Um, LASIK surgery, meaning laser oh, no, eye I think surgery. I the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she says, yeah, so he was in his workshop today and he was doing some welding, but he decided, <laughs> not, to put, he decided not to put his mask on. Oh. And he flash he flash burned his corneas. His already raw, recently surgically, you know, altered corneas. And now he is in severe pain and he's laying in a darkened room and he's taken two potatoes, two raw potatoes, cut them in half and put them over his eyes because it's somehow giving him some relief. And so I'm looking at the doctor who I don't get the, the the other side of the story and from him on the other phone until after, but I'm just looking like the faces he's making mm. and it goes, it runs the full gamut of like shocked, amazed, disgusted, revolted, and just resigned. <laughs> and and finally I just hear him say, okay, it's going to take me 45 minutes to get there. Tell him to be there in an hour. And he just hangs up and he just, and he just <laughs> looks at me and the look in his face was just like, like, how do I save dumb people from themselves? See, I was expecting you to like him to be like looking at you, and then he just goes to his desk drawer and he just pulls out like a flask of gin, just like I am not getting paid enough to deal with this bullshit. Like he just starts crying. That's <laughs> just like, why are people so stupid? Well, I mean, he's gonna get paid because that's a after hours visit and it's a medical visit, so. I mean, I feel like at a certain point, though, you like you'd see the money, and then you see what you're getting paid for. And you're just like, you just like die a little on the side, just knowing it's because of how stupid people are. I do feel bad for doctors occasionally, where it's just like people just go to them to complain. Nobody goes to their doctor to say how good they're doing. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. It's I feel like they would get annoyed though if it was a doctor. It's just like, yeah, look at how great my colon is, doctor. Just, <laughs> just... <laughs> no, seriously, get up in there, have a look. <laughs> I got this magnifying glass. Like, no. Now, now here's the thing, and I've heard this from people that I know in the medical profession. That the problem is, the flip side of that is, yes, you don't have a lot of those people that go in that are just like wanting to brag about how great it's going for them physically. 
the other side of that is the person that should have been seeking medical attention for quite some time, but has let something go so long that now they don't have a choice. They have to go to the doctor. And sometimes that can lead to some very interesting exams. One of the most common common thing we did that I kept almost falling off was riding on the back of a truck throwing leaves of hay off the back. Why were you just like leaning out too far? How did you um, almost fall off? Well, we live in a reservation. Yeah, you can probably guess which one that is. But um, the one we're, we tend to have is very rocky, bumpy, and very uneven ground. Oh. Yeah, plus, oh, hay, no. plus hay bales are heavy, so if you got to pick one up and you swing it, your 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 natural momentum uh, is going The hay going bales in that were not, you know, like lift-sized ones. They were you need to grab a a tractor, pick it up, put it on the back. Uh-oh. Grab another one. I got you. Put it on another back and then leaf it off slowly as you go along go along so okay you said you were like a kid at this how young were you were you, were these hay bales heavier than yes you, i guess is my question okay <laughs> but you still had to do them Oof. yeah you know somewhere in the archives of the local pbs station there exists a video where they came out and interviewed my grandfather, the one whose, whose farm I grew up next to, probably about the drought or something that was going on, because it was the 80s, in the early, early 80s. I was maybe seven or eight, and there was a lot of drought going on at the time. And there's a video of him on his tractor with me sitting on the fender of said tractor, not the seat, the fender, no, no seatbelt, no restraint. And as he's driving the tractor, I'm sitting there on this fender with my boots of my shoes bumping along on the tops of the tractor wheels, like just to bump it, a bump it, a bump it, a bump it, a bump it. Like if one of those had grabbed my boot just the right way, it would have pulled me right off yeah. that fender and underneath that wheel. Squish. Cool. You know, we might need to call this episode like country fried safety violations. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's only as soon as we let Halion out, though, like it's going to just be other types of war stories. Well, I mean, uh, the... we could talk about some of the stories from where you worked in the past, Halion, because there's a couple of them where I'm like, I need to hear this shit. The retail stories from hell? Yes. <laughs> All right. Are we... Is everyone ready to let Halion out? Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling the pin on this grenade. I'm, let's okay. fucking do it. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Okay, so... I got another drink, we're good to go. Let's do this. <laughs> go get a beer. Get a nice scotch. <laughs> so, yeah, this this podcast is not worth a good scotch. <laughs> oh. Save your money, kids. <laughs> Buy the cheap shit. I, uh... I am a licensed optician, but that is still a form of, of retail. I, I work in retail optical. But prior to getting into that, I just work retail proper. So I've been in retail of in a form of one form or another for 30 years because uh, I am old. But so I have seen some shit. And some things, and I and and although I no longer work for for one of these people, uh, I will still not name them because they are still a major retail large pal. retail company, large large big box retail company. Yes, I, I will let you figure. You can you can just imagine it for yourself. Um, but yeah, there I I have many many stories. Um. One of my favorites is the Great Furby Riot of 1998. Um, for anyone who does not remember, pre-COVID in particular, uh, Black Friday 
used to be a thing oh that God. happened. We really have to make that disclaimer right now. <laughs> Black Friday just used to be the Friday after Thanksgiving. Now they've now they've kind of spread it over. It starts like the week before, but used to Black be Black Friday was a big deal. Yes. I remember my mom and my sisters staying up late and getting ready for the big uh, Black Friday. Yeah, Black Friday started at midnight the Friday after Thanksgiving. So at twelve o'clock midnight on when it switched over to Friday from Thursday, uh, the last Thursday in, in November, that was Black Friday. It was, it was the biggest uh, retail shopping day of the year. It's when everybody would have these big sales, draw everybody out, kick off the, the Christmas season. Well, in 98, one of the major items that everybody was after was the Furby, particularly a, a particular like special edition Furby or something. I, I, I don't remember the specifics of it because that was a long time ago. And it's not that important. Right. So in this particular uh, night, there were hundreds of people gathered outside said retail establishment waiting to be let in at midnight. And the way the logistics of this facility was, was you had multiple entrances that you could come into, multiple doors that led to a little inner lobby, after which there were only two doors that would that you had to enter to get into the building proper. So once you got into the lobby, there was a, a, a funnel, right? A bottleneck. So were you a fancy enough store that you had a line? Oh no, there was no line. <laughs> okay. Crowd control? In nineteen ninety-eight? No. Okay. That would have that would have taken forethought and like paying people to be out there organizing it. Okay. Plus, this is the rural South. Nobody was going to line up. Uh, Hell no. You know, that's like socialism. Uh, lines. But <laughs> anyway, right. I, I was just curious. Yeah. So you've got this just mass of humanity on the outside. Well, somebody, multiple people, or a couple of people unlock the, the main door and then step to the side. Meanwhile, there is somebody on the inside unlocking the enter door, right? But you've still got all these people funneling to this direction. Well, the Furby was the thing that everybody wanted. And there was a limited number. There was only like, like 25, maybe 30 of them. Oh, no. So they unlock that door, and then they unlock the two inner doors. Well, oh, no. They can't, needs to be, they, that needs to be synced up pretty well. Well, they're not synchronizing it fast enough. Mm. So this mass of people start rushing in the outer door, heading towards the first set of doors that are unlocked. Well, they get there about the time that the first set is unlocked, but the set that's immediately adjacent to them, they haven't gotten unlocked yet. But you've already got all these people massed in front trying to flow through. Well, one of the first few people through this door was, let's just call her Mom. And we'll leave it at that. Oh, no. And Mom has brought her teenage son Teenage son is pushing grandpa in his wheelchair. Okay? So you've got mom, son, and grandpa in the wheelchair. And they're probably one of the first three or four people through the enter door. The only door that you can get through at this point into the facility. Why do I feel like we need, like, a second by second? <laughs> <laughs> mom sprints through the door. Left. <laughs> Just as son and grandpa come through said door... Son takes said wheelchair, heaves it to one side, and then Whoop. throws it to the other, dumping Grandpa out onto the floor, wheelchair and all, blocking the entrance. What so a now, champion. Yes. This is exactly what happened. So now everybody else. Grandpa for sale. It's the heart of a champion. So this this mass of hum this mass of Jesus. humanity has a choice. Either A Jump. patiently Patiently wait for someone to move who opened the door immediately to their left or trample grandpa and grandson who is now helpless in front of them. Now, why was there any indication of why dumping grandpa was the solution? This is starting to sound like an episode of Squidbillies. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Based on a true story. Um, <laughs> but so now I would like to say that that the mass of humanity, for the most part, listen to the angels of their better nature. 
and did not trample grandpa. I mean, there was a few people who stepped over him and jumped and hopped him, but for the most part, people stepped by, like stopped and like, you know, tried to help him up and stuff. Oh, um, I, I would like to put a bit of context for this for any non-Americans. Uh, people literally died from suffocation during Black Friday. Oh, yes. God, it yes. showed up in the God. news every once in a while of like, so-and-so people died in a trampoline. It was just- I don't know what the, the European equivalent is. Um... I don't know, maybe running soccer, with soccer, soccer uh, stampedes. Yeah, soccer, mm. soccer is probably the best analogy, yeah. honestly. So, eventually, they cleared Grandpa out of the way, and they opened up the other way. But at this point, Mom had already met, gotten a far enough head jump that she was in line at the service desk area, which is where they were giving out the Furbies. Well, by this time, the floodgates had opened. Mom had her hand on one, but the floodgates had opened. And so this mass of humanity rushes up there. Well, the yeah. poor guy who's like in his 60s who is handing out the Furbies is trapped between this mass of people, this rabid Furby fan base, and the counter. So they start pressing in against him, and they're literally crushing him against the service desk. Ooh. And it took like three cashiers to like haul him up over the counter before he died. Oh God! And at that Lord. point, there's there's such a such there's such a craze going on that they just start whipping him out over the end of the crowd. They just to toss him like footballs in. Just yes, going. because there was nothing. They were scared that they to do anything else because yeah. there were people just reaching. It was it was like it was like Dawn of the Dead, where they're just like reaching out over the counter trying to get them. They were doing anything they could. To to try to distract them and save themselves. Uh, I, I, I'm glad I never had to experience that because knowing me, I would lose my patience and start belting people. But so that was the great Furby riot. Um, there's. I, I still want to know what that kid's plan was. That was the plan. To dump grandpa to create a yes, it was to create intentional oh, to create Jay, a barrier. You're, you're asking for logic where there is none. Yes, like, it was I, the guarantee mom got the Furby. So fucking Furbies of all things. Now to to get I could go to another more violent, awful story, but let's let's go to something a little bit more whimsical, shall we? Um Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> so as everyone's here has heard of Hawaiian punch, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, it's a sugary drink, more mm -hmm. syrup than water. So back in the day. Always gave me headaches when I was a kid. Hawaiian Stop punch, it. instead of coming in a giant plastic jug, it used to come in a giant glass jar. And when I oh, first that's... got into retail, it was right on that border where it was transitioning from glass into retail, or glass into plastic, rather. So... They had this, what they called a, a display counter, where you would have like four, you know, four to eight foot sections, top to bottom, of all one product. And so they had this giant counter that was just all Hawaiian punch. It was like 12 feet of different flavors of Hawaiian punch, top to bottom, like six feet tall, which is packed with jars of Hawaiian punch, right? And this happened to be on one of the back walls of, of said store, right next to the door that led to the receiving area. So, can you describe what a receiving area is? A receiving area is basically it's 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 the back it's the stock room it's the back oh, area okay. where they receive trucks they unload the freight oh, they so it's stock like it. Dock? Yeah, okay. it's just it's a back area. It's where you keep all your like stock on like in okay. in like in in metal bins oh, and on pallets and stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, 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 when you're stocking stuff, you just bring whole, most more than not, you would bring a whole pallet to the floor of the pallet jack, which if you've never seen a pallet jack, it's this little lifty looking like miniature thing. You roll it underneath a pallet of freight. You push the handle up and down. It jacks it up. It allows you to move it around. Yep. So, yeah, very fun. It, it's late at night. The store is just about to close. And somebody comes out of the stock room with a full pallet of like, I think it was like bleach or something. It was big, heavy pallet. And they come through the doors and they've kind of built up a head of steam and they cut the corner. And as they cut the corner, they cut it. They don't cut it sharp enough and they clip the edge of the counter. I know. 
that has all of these jars of Hawaiian punch. Well, this counter, which is weighed down by, you know, gallons upon gallons of Hawaiian punch. Something people don't realize is water's really fucking Yes. Heavy. Well, yeah. yes, it is. So, Liquid in general is pretty fucking heavy. So when this pallet hits it, it's just, it's too much. And the entire counter gives way and falls forward. And when it oh, hits, no. every jar busts. And there is just a red oh. wave of Hawaiian punch that just ends wait, up flushing wait. through half the store. So did this look like that scene from The Shining with the elevator and the blood? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Except that's a so much, much bigger fun. area, not a narrow hallway, just a much bigger area. Like, it took... Yeah. It took like days to mop it all up. Like the floors were sticky for weeks. You Ugh. live in the South. It yeah. gets hot in the South. Mm -hmm. How was that smell? Uh, it wasn't bad at first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Now, at first. The good news is they did use like a pretty, you know, heavy industrial, you know, floor cleaning stuff. But the problem is, is you can't get under the counters with that shit. Perfect. Yeah. So for like weeks after that, there was just this like rottenly sweet, sickly smell that you just couldn't get uh, to. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it was mold or not. Yeah. Like it was just, it was one of those things. Now, I was also at a store, although I wasn't there that day, that had a similar incident. Um, exact same situation, exactly same situation, except it wasn't a counter full of Hawaiian punch. Does anyone remember when certain retail stores still sold live fish? Oh, no, uh, our local ones do. Yeah, they're not good. It feels same very situation came out of the back door, cut a corner too hard, hit the rack of aquariums, and dumped every single one of them. Oh, oh. Those poor fish. Mm. They lived a very sad life and then a very, well, very horrible death. To be fair, most fish in aquariums live a sad life. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, there was the time that, and I was, I was already in, had moved into the optical side, so I didn't deal with the store proper. But I'm, uh, I'm walking across the front end, having gone to the restroom, and I hear somebody over a walkie-talkie uh, where another supervisor is saying that, hey, we've had somebody do a slip and fall. You know, we think somebody's got a leak in their buggy, you know, which happens. You know, if you're at a, a grocery or retail-type store, somebody will pick up a, a drink or maybe it's a package of meat or something frozen, what have you, and it, it has a leak. So it's leaking liquid throughout the store, and they don't realize it, and so they're mm. leaving a trail Oops. of slip hazards. So they're like, hey, let's get out here. You know, we need everybody out looking for this leak, this, this trip hazard. Well, I don't think anything about it, but I just keep walking, and I walk by this person who is sitting outside the restrooms in their little electric scooter. Oh! <laughs> so as I walk by them, I casually notice a little trail behind their scooter. Oh God! Right, and I look back, and the trail leads out, you know, all the way into the store. And I'm like, "Well, I think I've got our leak." And as I walk up, start to walk up past them, I'm like, "Well, I'm going to go call in. Is this guy's this person's just this guy's just yeah, sitting there? You just found him. You can just yeah. Go, I found go him. Talk. I'm going to go call. Yeah, yeah. Get back to my department. Call a member of management and say. But as I walk by. That's when I noticed the little basket that's on the front of the little scooter. And that's when I find the source of said leak. And this person has taken and clipped to the side of their basket their colostomy bag. Woo! Oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's what's been leaking throughout the store. Mystery Yes. Oh God. Th there's 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 not enough PPE in the mm. world for that. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, this just makes me so happy that I've never worked in retail because I would come home from a day like this and just be like, what is my life? Oh my God. You know, but after a while you just it's just that's one of those things. It just happens. 
It's just one I, of those I days got, where you don't want to wake up. Everything is wrong. Everybody sucks. They had management called to like a toy department once many, many, many years ago. I was just like just a kid. Like I was only like 20 years old. And they called uh, maintenance to the toy department. And uh, maintenance got there and started pitching a fit and walked off the job because they refused to clean it up because someone had just taken a deuce right there in the middle of the toy department. You know, I can't blame them for that. Yeah. I, wouldn't wanna, I would be like, no, you can fuck off. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. But on the, on the lighter side, um, when I was first getting into retail management, I was just like a, they called it a support manager, which means we're going to give you all the responsibilities of a manager, uh, but we're not going to pay you like one. Oh, uh, good. So, yeah. Uh, but you have to wear a tie and carry keys. Um, so I get, as a support manager, I'm responsible for doing management type stuff. So I get called to the, to the front end of the store one night. And the other manager who's on duty, who's also the same guy who actually promoted me into management um, as he calls me up and, and I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, I'm thinking like, all right, let, let's go time. You know, cause I was young. I was eager. It's like, yo, let's go get some shoplifters. He's like, no, 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 just, 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 just watch. Look, look, what do you see? What do you see? Right. And he points out this rather, uh, a large woman, Rotund? let's say I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, that's, it's, it's yep. beyond. If you're familiar with the term Rubenesque, it's far beyond that. Oh, far beyond um, shuffling through the front checkouts. And I use the term shuffling accurately, not as a pejorative, just accurate. That's what she was doing. And she has this very large flowing polka dot like sundress. And I see this person. Well, you know, I work retail in the South. That's not a, a large woman wearing a sundress is not an uncommon sight. Um, and I'm like, I look at him like, and he's like, look closer. So I look back and I'm looking and that's when I see it trailing on the floor underneath oh, no. her and behind, behind her dress and underneath it is a power cord. And so loss prevention has already is already waiting for her and they stop her at the door. She had taken a 20 inch television off the shelf and put it between her thighs and squeezed it together and sh was trying to shuffle out the door. What? <laughs> what? That is so impressive. What the fuck? Yeah. And, she, and, and, if, and if the cord had not fallen out, she would have made it. Oh yeah. My God. Um, I don't even like, I mean, well done, I suppose, for the attempt, but fucking hell. This is a second-hand account because, well, because I never worked on that side of retail, just the um, move move cargo and stuff. But I do know m that my brother used to, sorry, he used to, used to work at GameStop and just the oh, no. nightmare scenarios. <laughs> Oh no! I've heard bad things about roaches. That's well, that's what I immediately went to was just the bugs and the consoles and shit. No, well, we never had that. He never had that. Just people he's been working with. Because hmm. he did tell me about how there was this guy who they knew he was. He kept shoplifting Wii's and video game consoles. Of all the things Fuck. to shoplift it. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point in history, yeah, like, they did resell fast. Because they yeah, did, it, yeah. There was a real shortage of them. Yeah. Some guy kept stealing them from Walmart and then just tried to sell them back to um, GameStop. Oh, stickers attached and everything, I'm sure. Probably. No idea about, no idea beyond that, or the little shit, or the, or the stories about how children kept throwing hissy fits because they're, because, well, oh, oh. because they wanted M-rated games like 
Saints Row 4. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the one with the giant... Now you can run around with a giant dildo bat. No, that's when you just give them Spec Ops a line and be like, have fun with those civilians. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah, they come to stuff the rooster. Hey, that's a good song. It is a good song, but they use that in a trailer for that game. And when you play Spec Ops oh, the Line, it's like, oh, oh, fuck. come on. Well, I mean, to be fair, half the band's dead, so you can't blame them for wanting to catch oh, it. I'm talking shit on, on fucking Alice in Chains, man. I'm just saying, like, it's in the trailer. And then when you actually play the game, it's just like, oh, this game is not something children should play. No. Anyway, we're getting way off topic. So yeah. I, I've got I, oh, man. one last story. I didn't realize we were even trying to stay on topic. One last story, and I'll try to keep it a little bit different because I've got plenty more and more I'm sure I've forgotten. So, again, early in my career, I'm working. And when I say this is a rural big box retailer, I'm meaning rural as in rural. As in people bringing their tractors? Almost. Okay. Um, I will say that the city that I was – city, the town I (laughs) I was living in at the time the local high school had a graduation rate of just just north of 46%. Okay? Ooh. All right. So <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just I'm laying the groundwork of the facts. So we're working one night, and at the time, they had in-store security slash anti-theft uh, people. They called them loss prevention. That was their title. So they were plain code yeah. people that would walk around in the store to try to catch shoplifters. And there was two in the store at this particular period. There was a very kind of a country, uh, a country boy. He looked, he, if you've ever seen Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze, he basically well, looked that... like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. That's basically what this guy looked like. Boots, mullet, the whole thing. Um, his name was Sterling. Okay. Of course then was. there was this much older gentleman Kind of a paunch, a little bit of a beard. Um, he was actually a local sheriff's deputy who did this part-time on his days off. And his name was uh, Carl. So he had Carl and Sterling. And so... Good team up. Yeah, they would, they would work together most nights. Um, not every night, but a lot of times. So one day in the middle of the shift, we hear over the PA some someone frantically calling, you know, loss prevention, loss prevention, you know, Sterling, Carl, we need you in electronics now. Well, back in the day, this would have been early, early 90s, like 93, 94. The electronics department was located in the dead center of the store. It was like a little bullpen, right? It had one little entrance in between cash registers, and you would walk around like these three or four aisles but then you had to go back through this little entrance to get out. It was kind of a loss, a theft, anti-theft, where you couldn't, you had to walk by somebody to get in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the situation was, or as, as in the parlance of the times, what had happened was a young lady was walking out, said department, as another young lady was walking in. They passed themselves in this narrow little, like, eight-foot area between the two registers and they stopped made eye contact and then it just immediately went at it like there was there was apparently some sort of history here so they just go at it like wailing on each other right oh not yelling just no no just 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 fists they they are they are uh what's it called uh flinging hands they're they're just they're going at it right there's fisticuffs happening so Troy and Carl run, I'm assuming, to the department. Now, by the time I get there, because, of course, you hear this, you're going to go see what's going on because that's human nature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so hey, the there's time, a fight happening. Right. Want to go check it out? <laughs> yes. So by the time I get there, there's Carl desperately trying his best to hold on to one young lady while not holding on to one young lady, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Holding meanwhile... Properly. Yes. Meanwhile, she is flailing. Um, her wig has come off. Oh. Her okay. top has fallen down, exposing oh. herself partially. 
Oh, um, no. And she's still flailing while Sterling is doing his very level best. Who Sterling was like a, like he was like six, five big. He was a big, you know, strong country boy. He is doing he his best to, to wrangle this tiny little waif of a girl who is going like, who is fighting like a, like a Wolverine. Like she is just rabid and she has oh. grabbed because this, because again, this is back in the day. She has grabbed one of the display phones off the counter. Well, back in the day, children, phones still had cords attached from the base to the to the actual receiver part that you talked into. And so she has grabbed it. She is holding the cord and she's wielding it like a battle mace. And it's just whipping it through the really? air, flailing, the, flailing oh, both, Carl, both Carl and her opponent. Right. Just whipping at him. And both Carl and Sterling are doing their best to waylay, but at the same time, they realize that this is know, dumb. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're trying, but they can't like, you know, you can't touch or hold them in certain ways because it's very uncomfortable. And just the whole thing is both ridiculous and awesome at the same time. <laughs> it's like a car crash. Yeah. Eventually they both managed to get both young ladies on the floor um and restrained restrained without restraining them um properly restrained i guess yeah uh but the but i will never forget the sight of these two grown-ass men trying to hold down these little these these ladies and they're both of the, them were probably maybe 20 21 years old maybe should be adults yeah while the one is like i said just whipping this phone around just like like a morning star, just like it, just cracking it. And I know Carl took at least two or three shots right across the skull. Just bam, bam. No. <laughs> that is that is probably one of the funniest moments I have ever watched because everyone was laughing at the same time. Like it was just like like no one would laugh out loud, but you could tell everyone was la was dying laughing on the inside. Everyone is savoring that memory forever. Mm. Yeah. But I'll I will I will hold out the if we ever decide yeah if we ever decide to do another bad retail stories there there are more, um, but those are just the ones that I felt like I felt like I could share tonight. I mean your stories are definitely a bit more exciting than the work stories I've had. I've never worked in retail, but I've had plenty of jobs where it's just been like I hate this. Yeah, unfortunately, I I've explicitly not worked retail, and I've been like. Real careful against that, because oh, I would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, all retail I will say, is not my thing. retail is is a difficult profession, but it's one that's necessary. So, for anyone, for any of the tens of listeners that might hear this story or the, this this episode, rather, yes, a lot of your retail workers are less than enthusiastic about their jobs. A lot of them are probably not trying very hard, but give them a break. It's not a great job. They don't want to be there, especially on weekends, late nights, and for God's sakes, on holidays. So cut them a little slack. That's not an excuse for, for poor service or rude service. But, you know, if your cashier... Yeah, just be a, just understand if you're cash. You know, nobody has cashiers anymore. It's all self checkout. But hey, I still go to sell, uh, to cashiers whenever I can. Why? Because, um, it's better because, than an automated checkout. Those suck. Yes, I love self checkout. I, I would rather really? self checkout than anything. My God, yeah, because I can work that bitch. Like I'm into this. I am done. Okay, oh, okay, just speaking with retail experience, Jay and I both go to the grocery store. We're just trying to get the fuck out of there with what little yeah. shit we've gone that's, in for. That's the and, same reason why I've never done like like online grocery pickup where like you order all your shit and then just pull up and they bring it to you. Uh-uh, fuck no. I'm going to pick my own produce. I'm going to pick my own oh, meat. Yeah. God knows I'm not having somebody pick oh, my own yeah, groceries no. for me. Oh, it's no. different. Yeah, no, I'm talking no. about also, like check out at the store. Like, Also, my grocery list just have like frozen garbage and chips on it. We it is not a hyper specific thing. It's what we feel like when we get there. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and don't shop hungry. Yes. Oh God. When no. you're poor, don't shop hungry because you will have a bad time. Definitely not. 
any other uh, job advice or uh, bad job thoughts? Um, oh, one important thing for factory work. If you ever sit down and you think, you know, I should be wearing some form of PPE, gloves, safety glasses, ear protection, you should put it on right away. If you ever get that nervousness, just put it on. Yep. Don't even think about it. Yep. If you if you feel silly, but it make if you look silly or you feel silly, but it makes you feel safer, do it. Yes. Yeah. I'll say this much: um, if you're in a job that fits the description of anything we've had right now, and you want to get out of it, um, I would put out as many feelers as you can and keep eyes open because it's not a job worth staying in if it's not something you want to be in. I, uh, yeah. I didn't get to talk to it as much as I want to. Probably something I can get into in a later episode. But uh, I had a job where I was one of those people that went around and marked utilities for construction. I took that job because I needed to work. But I fucking hated that job. And I tried to get out of that as soon as I could. Because it was not a job I knew I wanted to stay with. Like, yeah. you, you got to find something that fits for you. And no amount of money or overtime is going to make up for a job that just sucks the life out of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a reason why I didn't become a line cook. Yeah. I could have. Like, that was a real option, but I, I didn't aim for it at all because uh, my te- my uh, the person who was my manager and, like, uh, one of the guys who really taught me a lot of stuff, he had to, uh, because of... Uh, because he just drank so much because of the job, he would have to get surgery constantly on his liver. We were just getting biopsies. I'm like, that's not, I don't want that. I don't want to even no. play, get anywhere near that game. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if cirrhosis of the liver is a requirement of you tolerating an occupation, it's not one you should be in. Yeah. Definitely not. The the last thing I would like to add in is for anybody out there that may hear this, the people that work in any service industry, food service, um, or or any of the other typical service, you know, like uh, cosmetology, you know, getting haircuts, shit like that. Your your cab drivers, Uber, whatever. Any any industry where you're there's typically tipping involved. Understand that by and large, most of these people do not live on their on what they're earning from their job. They're living off their tips. So unless they are horrendous, please be generous with your tipping because that's what they depend on. And yep. not for nothing, but especially if you attend uh, or frequent a particular establishment on some form of regularity, if you tip well, the people there will remember that and you'll usually get better service. Yeah. Yeah, be sure but to just, thank them for their service. Yeah, but 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 just tip well in general for service. It's just it's in my opinion the right thing to do. No, I agree. Like I if you're someone that can deal with a service industry and dealing with the assholes of the world, which I am sure one of those, like good on you and I appreciate what you do because you have to put up with dickheads all day. Like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly and me i've also gotten way more service out of any sort of phone uh things just by being super nice and being understanding i have had people bend over backwards at one point my uh card got stolen um on an amazon account and so i was just like contacting them and being like hey uh this is going on and they they, I had a person tell me that they were going to watch my account specifically for any more suspicious purchases. They were, oh, and I was God. like, "It's yeah, it's just being nice to to people really does get you everywhere." That's, it does, yeah. Please and yeah, thank that, yous have gotten me out of tickets before, so yeah. Well, that's just a good general policy, anyway. If you are dealing with anyone as a of a consumer. Uh, from the position of a consumer or, or what have you. But if you're dealing with someone, it's their job. Nine times out of 10, whatever issue, if you have an issue or a problem, it's not that person's fault. It's probably not even there within their power to fix whatever the issue is. But as long as they're being even remotely 
reasonable and trying to do what they can. Just be kind, yeah. be nice. Be, don't, it's not their fault. Don't take it out on them. Yeah, whatever situation you're in may not be great. But as long as you can be respectful and kind to the person in front of you, I can tell you from retail experience, there have been times I have gone, I have absolutely gone beyond, I have flat out broken company policy to help somebody just because they were kind and they were nice. And that goes a long way. Because if you've got a shitty situation, as long as you're being, you know, reasonable about it, I'm going to do everything I can to help you. If you're being an asshole, sorry, there's a limit to how much I'm w- abuse I'm willing to take and also be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's just human. So just be kind. It'll, it'll take even, even when you, especially when you don't feel like it, just try to be kind or at least polite and respectful. It, A, it's the right thing to do. B, it'll, it'll benefit you in the long run. Yeah. And knowing is half the battle. Yep. yep. Uh, it sounds like everyone is good. Any final pork thoughts? Chop sandwiches. What? I said pork chop sandwiches. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Wait a minute. That wasn't the guy from Ancient Aliens.